1: Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show.
2: Lovely Rita, meet a maid. Nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. Standing by and As England is in mourning, Britain's in mourning. I think about the grace and the elegance of a now King Charles, King Charles Third, because when he was talking, it was like, you know, I want to thank everybody there. I want to have unity. I want to have this beautiful moment. I want to obviously honor my mother, who I think was one of the greatest rulers for 70 years. I mean, truly an incredible life of service and epitomizes it. But he also talked about thanking the people, too, and said, you know what, this is, you know, a country in mourning, not just a family in mourning, not just the loss of my mother, but really an enormous loss for everybody in Great Britain. And I thought, what a statesman, how elegant and just how poised. And that's really How a leader should be more like. And we're going to get to the contrast here in the United States in a moment, because, boy, is there a sharp contrast, especially in the last week or two. But here is a little bit of now King Charles talking and paying tribute. This is the first time that he spoke publicly after becoming king.
3: I pay tribute to my mother's memory, and I honor her life of service. I know that her death brings great sadness to so many of you. And I share that sense of loss beyond measure with you all. And he also,
2: by the way, reached out to Meghan and Harry, who he clearly has had some division with. Even obviously it's his son, but they've clearly left the royal family. He expressed love and compassion and all that other stuff. So it was like. You know what? Yeah, we have some divisions. Yeah, we have these things, but let's come together. And it was truly a message, really, for everybody in Great Britain, recognizing that now he is a leader of the entire Great Britain, when you think about it, and all the millions upon millions and millions of people. And then he also, of course, gave out a beautiful, heartfelt message to his mother.
3: Throughout her life, Her Majesty the Queen, my beloved mother, was an inspiration, an example to me and to all my family. And we owe her the most heartfelt debt any family could owe to their mother for her love, affection, guidance, understanding, and example.
2: And it was beautiful. And in fact, I want to play cut 33 because... He extended just the message of how it has affected the entire Commonwealth of the United Kingdom, but also really the entire world. Just love this woman because she put the country, she put Great Britain, all the colonies. It's like one third of the world, by the way, was under Great Britain. I mean, think about that. It's amazing. Um, But she really put service above self. And he talked about that today.
3: Alongside the personal grief that all my family are feeling. We also share with so many of you in the United Kingdom, in all the countries where the Queen was head of state, in the Commonwealth and across the world, a deep sense of gratitude for the more than 70 years in which my mother, as Queen, served the people of so many nations.
2: So tonight, I want to hear your thoughts on the Rita Cosby Show of what a contrast that is compared to what we have now in our commander in chief, Joe Biden, who, as I have said, when he gave that sort of Darth Vader speech, where it was all the red background and the Marines standing in the shadows, and he just blistered half of the population of the United States. Anybody who ever believed in make America great again, he like smeared the entire 74, 75 million plus people in the country, to me, it was one of the most divisive, disgusting, smear mongering type speeches that I've seen out there. And I really feel like tonight, as I was watching this gracious speech from now King Charles, what a contrast that was in terms of the elegance of a leader. And I felt like, boy, we can actually learn quite a bit from somebody like him and how to be statesman. And think about, this was the president, President Biden, who ran on unity. He ran on this kumbaya attitude of bringing all sides together. He ran on almost the same message that you just heard from King Charles. It was like, okay, we're going to all get together. We're not going to smear. We're one America. You know, we all are in the same country together, even if you didn't believe what I believed in the race. Well, now that I'm your president, we're going to come together. That was his promise. To America. And he has undoubtedly broken his trauma, his promise over and over and over again. And I think the speech that he gave not too long ago, just in the last like week or so is going to go down. I think is one of the most divisive, disgusting, worst speeches I have ever seen a president give in history. It was nasty. It was divisive. It was smearing and it was just downright insulting. And I don't know how you ever even erase it. Like, even if he came back now, and you could tell he's kind of back, trying to backpedal just slightly now, but yet at the same time, he's still smearing and smearing and smearing. And there is no doubt that this is a concerted effort to now trash President Trump and anybody close to him. Anything that's MAGA, 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 that is what this president is going to be riding on, at least up until the midterms. And probably should President Trump decide to run. And if he announces before the midterms or announces after the midterms, he's going to continue Biden bashing President Trump because he doesn't want us to talk about the border. He doesn't want us to talk about the economy. He doesn't want us to talk about crime. And that's why he is so focused on MAGA bad and Biden good. You know, it's like Democrat good. We care about you. And MAGA, orange man, doesn't care and is a, quote, threat to democracy. To me, to actually call 74 million Americans a threat to the Constitution and to the democracy, I think is one of the lowest things I've ever seen. By the way, also the Lincoln Project in the last day or so has put out this ad where they basically said anybody who believes in President Trump is, quote, a sucker. President Trump is threatened to sue the Lincoln Project and others for that ad. Uh, but it's like it is like there's nothing off limits. And the Lincoln Project, by the way, is like this bunch of like sort of former Republicans or Republicans in name only sort of Liz Cheney types. And they like smear and blister and do whatever they can against. They just hate President Trump and they do whatever they can, uh, underhanded or whatever or or sleazy. It doesn't matter what they say. They just are like, let's just throw it up against the wall. And that's what Joe Biden is. It's like he's taking a lesson. But it just shows here we are 60 days from the midterms that this is going to be one heck of an ugly next two months because it is blistering and it is nasty. And I don't see it getting much better. And who could forget, as I played the elegance of King Charles, and we're going to be hearing a lot of these sort of beautiful speeches, especially as we lead up now. We know the funeral, by the way, is going to be on the 19th, a week from Monday. It's going to be unbelievable. We know that President Biden and others are going to be flying in from around the world. It's going to be probably one of the most amazing uh, state funerals ever that we could ever imagine. And it was because she was beloved. She was an amazing woman. And yet Joe Biden doesn't think there's any shame whatsoever, that there's no problem whatsoever in smearing 74 million Americans. And clearly, this is a concerted political strategy that someone said to him, because I don't believe it's Joe Biden came up with it. You know, I believe somebody said, hey, Joe, here's a cue card. Sit over there. Say this. And. It is clearly a concerted political strategy now as they're in the sort of like hind stretch. This is the lead up. This is like after Labor Day, it sort of like really goes into full swing. That now this is going to be the way that they could maybe have some damage on the Republicans in the midterm. Remember, President Trump's not on the ballot in the midterms. This is Congress. But Biden wants to keep the Democrats in control of the House and the Senate. He desperately needs that because if he loses the House, for example, they're going to say January 6th committee gone. They're going to say James Comey uh, come back in. They're going to say Fauci. What are you doing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for the next three years? Because we got a lot of questions for you. And Hunter, come on in tomorrow. You can just imagine they're going to be pulling everybody in to try to get answers to a lot of the questions that we all want answers to. You know, but you're never going to see those should it stay in Democratic hands. Meantime, here is President Biden. Who could forget? Again, I call it his Darth Vader speech because it was so dreary and so dark and so glum. And it was the red and it was like it fit the mood. Clearly, somebody said, just go scorched earth, and we're going to make it look like that in the background. But who could forget these lines that he said not too long ago?
4: MAGA Republicans have made their choice. They embrace anger. They thrive on chaos. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies. But together, together, we can choose a different path. We can choose a better path forward to the future a future of possibility, a future to build and dream and hope. And we're on that path moving ahead. I know this nation. I know you, the American people. I know your courage. I know your hearts. And I know our history. This is a nation that honors our Constitution. We do not reject it.
2: Oh, we do not reject it. In other words, it's my America And if you don't see things our way, well, then you don't really deserve to be in America. That's basically what he said, which to me is one of the most shameless, disgusting comments any U.S. president could make. And think about the contrast of what we just heard a few seconds ago from King Charles. Everybody, by the way, I've heard Republicans and Democrats today except for a few liberal nutty teachers, which we'll get to in a moment, who've been smearing the colonization of England and everything else all over the place in social media. But universally, except for a rare one or two, have been coming out and saying it was a brilliant speech because everybody thought it was stately, it was elegant, but not Joe Biden. Here's a little bit more of Joe Biden because he is continuing the smear campaign, and he did it at the Democratic National Committee meeting. It took place last night and just outside of Washington, D.C. in the National Harbor area of Maryland. And he continued the old MAGA smear chain. Here we go. We're literally in a battle for America's soul.
4: I know I've been saying it for a year and a half, but I mean it. Extreme MAGA Republicans just don't threaten our personal and economic rights. They embrace political violence. Think about it. They refuse to accept the will of the people. They threaten our very democracy. That's not
2: hyperbole. Yeah, it, it isn't for Joe Biden. And can you imagine? I can't imagine getting much uglier. And this is much worse than that basket of deplorable comments that Hillary Clinton made that a lot of people said, oh, that was just horrible. And it was horrible. But to me, this is 20 times worse. This is you don't basically belong in this country because you don't express our values like his values uh, this is the guy who never condemned the Summer of Love riots. This is the guy who's not, you know, condemning any of these, you know, gender classes that are taking place or the drag classes. Uh, this is the guy who right away shut down oil and gas pipelines. I mean, and he's telling us the values that are America. I, I mean, to me, it is abominable. He will never criticize the far left people in his party, and to me, that is ab. Absolutely shameful. I want to go real quick to Tony in Brooklyn, line three. Tony, your thoughts real quick.
5: Hey, Rita, I'm not a fan of Joe and I'm not a fan of
6: Charles, but it's really unfair to, for you to compare the two because politicians are generally the worst of us. They're, they're the, the most power-driven people. But why Why society. are they,
2: Tony? But I disagree, because I don't think they should be the worst of us. They should be some of the best of us.
6: They should be. But, you know, when when somebody leaves New York, for example, to go to Washington, the way that the whole swamp is set up, within five minutes, they become dirty like the rest of them. So the point that I'm trying to make is, no matter what, at the end of the day, a politician's going to be dirty, and you can't compare a politician to somebody that it's, that's inheriting a royal position in life.
2: You know, I see, I disagree. And maybe, you know, I'm still uh, a dreamer, Tony. Um, but I do agree that, yeah, a lot of them clearly sell their souls, these pet projects. I actually thought, like, Joe Manchin was going to be one of these guys of principle And then he kind of sold out, ironically, for like an oil and gas deal in his state. That was the biggest, like, bunch of hoobly gook. Uh, That's a nice way to say it, because I am telling you, that guy was like, oh, no, no, no. I remember the Democrats were like, oh, we'd never touch oil and gas. But then suddenly for him to pass the deal, he gets an oil and gas deal in West Virginia. You can't make it up. I mean, you can't make it up. And then, oh, but that deal is okay in oil and gas anywhere else. If it's not when we're trying to bribe, you know, Joe Manchin. So he sold his soul. So but there are still, I think, a handful of others that really get into it for noble reasons. And, you know, I'd like to believe that more of those kind of people want to come forward because the sad reality is just like you said, Tony, there is so much like horse trading and all that other stuff that a lot of good people don't want to run, you know, and they also see like what happens to people who do run. I mean, think about right now, you know, if if you're somebody thinking of running and you listen to what Joe Biden just said, you know, it's like it's like, whoa, they're going to like smear every, you know, they're going to go back into my kindergarten when I didn't, you know, uh, give Johnny a lollipop. And they're going to do a commercial about that. You know, it's like it's sad because it drives away some of the good people. But that needs to change because we really need great people who are noble people and really care about the causes and not selling their souls. Because guess what? That's how you're going to solve crime. That's how you're going to solve inflation, uh, not doing these backdoor deals. Uh, but Tony, I hear your point, and I love your calls, and we're going to continue with them, everybody. one 800 four and you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show on this awesome Friday night.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.
1: It's the Rita Cosby Show.
2: And you are listening to the Rita Cosby show on this Friday night. We are talking about some of the smearing rhetoric coming out of Joe Biden. And he just kind of keeps going on and on and on. Uh, and in fact, I want to play a little bit more from yesterday. This is cut 24, uh, where he was talking about the difference between what he considers real Republicans versus Those phony baloney MAGA Republicans in his mind. Take a listen. Not every
4: Republican is a MAGA Republican. Not every Republican embraces the extreme ideology. I know because I've worked with them and the mainstream Republicans, and there's still a few of them left. But the extreme set of MAGA Republicans has chosen to go backwards, full of anger, violence, hate, and division. And that's what their game is. And together, Democrats, independents, and mainstream Republicans can choose a different path forward to a future of unity and hope and some optimism.
2: Yeah. Does it sound like this is the leader of hope and optimism? It sounds more like, you know, you're going into the abyss with this guy. And by the way, the one who he says he likes is Larry Hogan. He keeps repeating him. It's like, I have one friend who I really like, you know, who's a Republican, right? So he's like, my one Republican friend is Larry Hogan. And this is a guy who constantly bashes President Trump. That's why he likes him. I mean, it is so, so obvious and so disgusting and so unbelievably quote, unpresidential. Let's go to your calls, everybody. 800-848-9222. Let's go to Christine in Middletown, Connecticut on line seven. Christine, your thoughts.
7: Hi, Rita. So if being a threat to democracy means me as a trans woman calling out gender ideology being taught in schools, or calling Rachel Levine, the Assistant Secretary of Health, a child abuser for advocating minor-age kids for medical transition, or questioning the hundreds of millions of dollars stolen from us taxpayers for these never-ending witch hunts of Donald Trump, that I'm guilty as charged, I'm a proud NAGA woman, and they will find out my power on Election Day, Rita. Enough is enough of this guy.
2: By the way, you know what's interesting, Christine, because of your background— um, for you to be sharing that that's really interesting um uh, that you feel it's not appropriate for young people by the way I've had um Caitlin Jenner on the show a couple of times i I know Caitlin and like Caitlin a lot as I always love hearing from you too christine, and she feels the same way she feels it's not appropriate for young kids um and especially she talks about for young girls like you know the the fact that like young girls are competing. Now, um, you know, that it's not a fair playing field. There's so many issues. Is that how you feel real quick, Christine?
7: Well, I was on a TV show in Connecticut talking about the same thing. I just It makes no sense that you could pause a body. Puberty blockers are not reversible. And that damage, there's permanent damage for even hormone replacement therapy for a kid. And they detransition a couple of years later. I, I, it's just so maddening. I, I will never, ever condone it.
2: Well, Christine, thank you very much for the call. It's important to hear from you with your background, too. And have a great, great Friday night. Always wonderful to get your calls. And, everybody, we're going to continue with your calls, everybody. one 800
1: It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue.
2: And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which we love doing here on the show, Every night and honoring our great men and women in blue and also their families. Uh, A story about no day is ever the same, especially if you are a school resource officer. This is a story coming from Warwick County, Indiana, where the Warwick County Sheriff's Office is praising one of their deputies for saving the life of a student. Deputy Matt Young is the school resource officer at Castle North Middle School. And officials say this week an eighth-grade student had a grape lodged in his throat. The school's nurse, along with Deputy Young, sprang into action. Deputy Young immediately gave the student the Heimlich maneuver and was able to dislodge the grape after a little bit of time. They say that the student had a little bit of a sore throat and a bit of a bellyache, but thankfully he was able to return to the school the very next day. Bravo to Deputy Young and, of course, to all of our great men and women in blue, and especially those um, protecting our students. Um, Later on in the show, uh, we're going to give a little bit of a preview because speaking about schools, um, we did a brand-new Protecting America, a brand-new podcast, and I interviewed Andrew Pollack and what he shared with me about the safety issues that have to take place in schools now. He lost his daughter, Meadow. She was one of 17 people who was killed um, in 2018 at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. And this podcast is an unbelievably powerful discussion. I'm going to give you a preview in a couple minutes. Um, but when you hear what he had to say about the catastrophic failures that took place at the school that day, where his daughter and more than a dozen others were killed, uh, students and teachers. And he says it is still happening every day in schools across this country, despite what happened in Uvalde and despite what's happened uh, other shootings since. The lessons have still not been learned. And we're going to talk about some powerful messages that every parent, every student out there, everybody needs to hear um, about safety. And he has experienced it firsthand. So we're going to talk about that in a few minutes as well. Meantime, I also want to let you know that I am proudly supporting the Tunnels to Towers 5K Walk Run in New York City again this year. It is on Sunday, September 25th. And everybody, I need your help. So help us to remember those lost on 9-11 again, of course. Another remembrance coming up this Sunday. And as we retrace FDNY firefighter Stephen Siller's final footsteps together, the Tunnels to Towers Foundation is an incredible organization. I've known Frank Siller for decades, and they do such amazing work to support our veterans and so many others. So here's what you do. Go to walk.ritacosbyonline.com walk.ritacosbyonline.com, and donate to my team. I am trying to raise the most money here on the Red Apple Audio Network. So help us to raise as much money as possible, because all of it goes to the Tunnels to Tower Foundation. So thank you, everybody, for your support, and thank you for supporting America's Heroes with one of the largest walk runs in the country. Again, go to dot com. Donate today and help this incredible organization. Well, we are talking about the big contrast that we clearly hear, at least I clearly hear, between King Charles and, uh, King Joe Biden. First off, here is King Charles and listen to him because he's not happy with Harry. Remember, and his wife, Meghan, the American actress who left everything going on over there in the royal castle and came over to America and they've been trashing the royal family. But yet today, when he ascended to the throne, he was gracious. Take a listen to how he extended an olive branch.
3: I want also to express my love for Harry and Meghan as they continue to build their lives overseas.
2: And even there, he's not happy with them. He's worried they're supposed to do some new tell-all book, too. There's a lot of stuff there. But yet, I love them. I appreciate them. Contrast that with our commander-in-chief, President Biden.
4: America's often made the greatest progress coming out of some of our darkest moments, like you're hearing that bullhorn. I believe we can and must do that again. And we are. MAGA Republicans look at America and see carnage and darkness and despair. They spread fear and lies, lies told for profit and power. But I see a different America,
2: an America with an unlimited future. Really? They see carnage. They see this. But I see the light. I've got the light on my side. Well, Judge Jeanine Pirro on Fox News today found it reprehensible
8: that he continues this bash Trump campaign. Take a listen. Who is he identifying as the others that we should all hate because they're going to destroy democracy? I mean, we can't ignore what's really in front of us, and that is that there's a president who is trying to get us to hate the others and that is not american this is a president who promised to unify all of us and he's done just the opposite he's dividing us he's not defining it he's not saying who he's talking about I can work with some i can't work with others because the pushback was so great you're calling everyone in who's a republican a dirtbag is that what it's coming down no, to yeah that's really going to drive people to the
2: polls that's going to get them really angry and say hey neighbor come with me and make sure you don't vote for this pseudo unifier again. Here's a little bit more
8: of Judge Jeanine. The truth is that it's the Democrats who are offering the giveaways. They're offering the handouts and the government aid and they want to give the the, the phones and everything else. The Republicans are saying, you know, we stand for some kind of, you know, a a financial conservative focus as opposed to paying off student loans and on and on. I mean, the thing that bothers me is not so much is it getting close or isn't getting close. Who is he talking about? Why is he dividing America? He should lose because of that. Yeah, I think a lot of people should say
2: you pretended like things would become. You pretended that you would be the president of all Americans. You are clearly not delivering on what really is one of the most important promises ever. You don't divide a country right now where you got skyrocketing crime, you got a war overseas, you got an open border, you got terrible economy, and the best thing you could do is, is smear, who you believe is going to be your biggest competitor? 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Christopher in Vermont on Line 3. Christopher, your thoughts about this?
9: Hello, Rita. God bless you.
2: Thank you. You too.
9: God bless the queen. God bless her. She was incredible. She transcended so many generations from the depression through World War II, the Cold War and all the rest of it and she never wavered.
2: She she was so elegant and such a um just such a leader. I mean, I think about the strength and the moral courage and you know, Christopher one of my favorite stories and and I shared this yesterday a little bit because To me, it just epitomizes who she is and how humble she is. You know, she was in the women's auxiliary, and she was a mechanic. Exactly. And and even when the vehicles broke down, Christopher, like in recent years, you know, like on the way from Buckingham Palace, you know, into Scotland, you know, if the vehicle broke down and somebody would pop the hood, she'd go, well, let me get under there and take a look. Here's the queen, you know, because she never sort of lost you know, uh, who she was in terms of humility as a person and always was approachable and just always appreciated other people. Like there, there's all these stories of her gestures to, you know, people who worked for her, that she would just do these kind things that nobody ever really heard about until just recently. Um, and to me, there's, there's just an unbelievable grace about someone like that. We need more people like that, Christopher, don't you think?
9: Absolutely. She considered herself a servant of her people. And my wife, Elizabeth, God bless her, she was a, named Elizabeth, and uh, she was English, and she was a big fan of Queen Elizabeth.
2: But, yeah, uh, beautiful, beautiful soul. And by the way, my parents met in England. My parents met in London uh, right after the war, right after World War Two. Everybody knows my father was Polish, uh, World War Two. My mother's Danish, and they met, they worked for the same person there, uh, a Danish financier. And my mother taught my father English, but... I'll tell you, London has a very special place in my heart. And then they came over on the Queen Mary to America. So God bless the Queen. Absolutely. Let's go to Stan in Forest Hills. Line four. Stan, your thoughts about all this.
6: You know, when I look at Charles, I look at a doorman at the Waldorf. That's who I see, to be honest with you. I'm not thrilled with the guy. Why? Wait, wait, wait. wait.
2: Like a... what, what don't you like about Charles? He was very kind. He has, he, he has kind. the
6: personality of a flea. I mean, he has no... Nothing. He has, uh, his mother had some class. I mean, she was okay, but uh, he's, he's re- the son will probably be his son will probably be better than him. And he comes in at the wrong time. He's near the end too. I, you know. So-
2: guess what? He didn't really have a choice. I know. Stan. I know. You know, I, know. I, mean, I,
6: mean, I mean, that's it. It's the waiting game. I but, guess.
2: But Stan, I thought his speech was great. I, I really did today. I, I sat there and I thought. It had the right messages. It was a beautiful note to like the part of the family, like everybody has somebody in the family that you don't, you know, crazy uncle or crazy nephew or whatever. And he, and he did an olive branch to Harry and Meghan. He also promoted essentially, you know, his other son, as you mentioned, who I think is going to be great too, eventually. Um, but I also thought he came across very, very, um, appreciative of the country, appreciative of everybody who's had this outpouring of love for his mother. And he also talked about her in a very personal way, too. You could tell he was deeply affected by the loss. For a guy who just lost his mother, you know, you're thinking about it, one day ago to address the world. I thought he did a pretty good job, Stan. Yeah,
6: it wasn't that bad, and so you're Better compar- than a doorman. A minute, Better than,
2: although uh, there's some nice doormen, Stan. I don't want to insult the doorman because there's your some com- nice ones.
6: Your <laughs> comparisons with uh, the president is, is is so lame, it's unbelievable. One is a, t- a leader. The other one is just a figurehead. So you don't make the comparison. Secondly, and even more important.
2: But there's a grace, Stan. You can't say that Biden has shown grace in the last, like, especially the last few weeks. My goodness. You know what?
6: He's shown class, as far as I'm concerned. Class? How is that class? Telling off off the truth about the MAGA Republicans. And here's the best Stan, it's
2: because you hate the MAGA Republicans. I can't stand Donald Trump. But how how is that class? You have a president who is bashing 74 million people saying... You guys are basically scum, and I'm an American, and I don't you basically remember, deserve an agreement I'm
6: saying calling them scum. Maybe you think they're scum, but no, I don't I, think I actually
2: them. don't. I actually think they're very deeply loyal, patriotic no, Americans. Man. But yes. you By think the way, they Hitler don't deserve to loyal. be here, right? Is that yeah. where you're coming from?
6: Yeah, Hitler had loyalty too. I mean, g- give me a break. You know, his people go for him simply because. I would of never Donald compare.
2: Trump. I would never compare. President Trump to Hitler. Hitler was a monster. Trump cared about this country.
6: He has the same personality. It's about me. It's always
2: about me. Hang on one second. So, Stan, you think that Joe Biden, you think that, like, there's nothing selfish or self-centered or disgusting or selling out to his political party? I mean, look at everything that he has done. he won 't even condemn the riots he's still on this like let's get rid of oil. meanwhile they're going to be freezing they're going to be like uh, clamoring their teeth and and looking over like a uh, like fireplace you know a fire pit in in Europe, thanks to joe biden 's oil policies. But boy, what a great guy he is right Stan
6: listen to me i'll tell you this. He made the comment that uh You know, there was a commercial about the uh, the Lincoln uh, Group and so forth doing that advertisement, calling them suckers. Yeah. Yeah, they are suckers. Look what happened. Steve Bannon, with his phony uh, charity, raises $15 million for a wall that never was built and went in his pocket. And who indicts him? Alvin Bragg. Yeah, of course,
2: of course. Alvin Bragg can't wait to go after Steve Bannon, but well, I, I but but this is the same Alvin Bragg who got is. the bodega guy. This is the same Alvin Bragg who has given so many thugs in this well, city a free pass. Go. Shame on that, Alvin Bragg. I'm telling you, Alvin Bragg, do you know what happened yesterday? According to Steve Bannon, there were 35 people associated with Trump that were, had their homes raided yesterday alone. And so you think that Alvin Bragg he cannot find a way to lock up repeat offenders, including people who've had attempted murder in their background? But boy, he can't wait to go after a guy in a charity because he has some tie to Trump. If you charity sneeze, the money Trump. In
6: his pocket. What charity? Oh,
2: I Stan, I don't like anybody. The idea, and I don't know all the details oh, yeah, in that well, case. I hang on, not. hang on, Stan, hang on. But I will say I don't like the idea of any sort of defrauding of any charities or any of that stuff. You know, but let's talk about BLM, for example. What about the fact that there's been a new case where the head of BLM is being sued for $10 million of defunding? I, I
6: never liked that organization anyway. So Stan, I, I you know what? Stan,
2: true. you you never condemned the riots. You think why? Why didn't your president ever condemn the election Why he's he, your president? Too. Yeah, well, he he seems Trump to he seems to only like to he seems country. to only allow half of Americans to live in his country.
6: Well, you didn't say that. What are you making this? That is what he law? said.
2: That's exactly what he said, Stan. And that's why it's so offensive. I have no problem with people saying I don't agree with you, but. I don't agree with you, but I still appreciate you. I still appreciate your values. I still want to meet. Let's see what we can do. That's not what this president said. He said anybody who has ever been associated with MAGA is a threat to the republic. It was so bad that he had to try to backpedal it, but then he threw it against the wall again. It's like this guy can't even keep his slamming straight. He, he's got to read his cue cards a little better. But, Stan, I love you and appreciate you. Have a great weekend, my friend. Well, go on. You do. Thank you. More calls after the break, everybody. 1-800-848-9222.
0: Bruno. Bruno, he's your numero uno. It's
1: the Rita Cosby Show.
2: A little Casey and the Sunshine Band, because all of you guys bring sunshine to me. Sometimes a little bit of cloud from Stan. That's all right. A rainbow comes afterwards. That's all right. I love all your calls here. Let's put it up a little bit. It's Friday night. And I'm with all of you, and I love that. Joe Biden is doing verbal gymnastics. He's dancing around, not on the dance floor. Can you imagine him on the dance floor It'd be like, uh-uh-uh, where's the band? Where's the floor? Where's the bathroom? But he is definitely throwing a lot of shade at Trump supporters. And a lot of people are wondering: is this going to work? This strategy that he clearly is on a concerted effort to smag, uh, to smash all 74 million. Maga supporters. Uh, he keeps going on and on and on. It's like he's doubling, tripling, quadrupling down. Well, here is Sean Duffy, former congressman. He was on the Five on Fox News today, and he said there's a problem with this because elections are really won in the middle. You know, primaries are won by usually the like the if you want to call it the diehards on both sides. You know, the Republicans, the diehard Republicans come out, of course, diehard Democrats. So then you see when they get to the general election. People try to kind of be a little more kumbaya and try to cross over. How is this crossing over this like a Darth Vader approach that he's taking? And Sean Duffy said that this is not going to be, he believes, a winning strategy for the midterms for Democrats. Take a listen.
4: I don't think this is going to work with the American people. Um, You got to win the middle.
2: And when you go so hard against Donald Trump and his supporters, I think a lot of people in the middle don't like that. And Jessica Tarlov, though, a Democratic strategist who was also on the five, said she thinks it's already making a dent and that it is working. Listen to this.
9: In terms of the strategy, though, I thought it was interesting. Reuters has a no, a new poll out that says 58 percent of Americans think that the Make America Great Again movement is threatening our Democratic foundations. And that includes 25 percent of Republicans. So if you look at the numbers of Republicans that Joe Biden needs to pick off, 25 percent would be just fine. You can win like that with all of your Democrats and with independents, the left leaning ones and a lot of the right leaning ones.
2: So is that an appealing message? Well, Greg Gutfeld said nobody likes this sort of like dark end of the world approach that Joe Biden is doing that he thinks it's just going to drive people away. Take a listen. The reason why that poll
10: is, is, is showing this is it's showing that fear is effective, right? And, and that's what this is about. They're creating fear of this kind of like phantom MAGA terror group. The Republicans can't let this succeed because this, again, is another example of Joe's pretend moderation, right? It, and this isn't America's fault. Joe's really good at playing middle of the road, and the media happily promotes the ruse. It's, basically, it's pure bait and switch. It happened before and after with the election. It's like being told you're going to swim against a biological female. And it turns out it's Leah Thomas. You know, he's the Leah Thomas of
2: presidents. He's the Leah Thomas of presidents. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jerry in Chicago. Jerry, your thoughts.
6: Hi, Rita. Thank you for taking my call. Can you hear me?
2: Absolutely. Go ahead.
6: Okay. Okay. The
2: reason why
6: Biden is saying and doing what he's doing, it's because of his hatred for Donald Trump. The whole Democrat Party... They're all nothing but haters. Joe Biden has been a bully his whole political career, okay, because Donald Trump had the audacity to bad rap Obama, and Joe Biden and the Democrats don't like that, so this is all
2: hatred. He's spewing nothing but hatred. See, I contend, though, also, Jared, that I think Joe Biden is worried For a lot of reasons, and he should be. I mean, his son, we know, is being investigated. It's just tax issues right now. But there's so much stuff that kind of keeps coming out. And we're learning from also that the FBI, according to Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook, remember, like, suppressed the story. So, you know, there's there's so many of these things that are now finding this sort of, like, web between FBI and social media and, and the way that they suppressed the story, basically did a blackout causing nobody to really see that New York Post story before. And you know, James Comer, who is on, would probably be probably head of the Intel Committee, and most likely an oversight committee, if uh, the Republicans go in the House, he's basically said, day one, it's Hunter Biden. So Joe Biden, it's like, "Uh uh-oh, uh-oh, we don't want that to happen. So I think he's really worried about that because Trump has already said, Hunter, Hunter, Hunter. Remember he brought it up in the debate. And the media gave it a pass. It was like, oh, don't worry about that. And Joe Biden was like, don't worry about that. That was the biggest mistake, I think, when that moderator just kind of let it pass through. That was shameful. And that will not happen if Republicans get at least the House. Uh, let's go to Anthony real quick. Line three, Anthony, your thoughts.
10: Uh, good evening, Rita, I and mean, thank you. I, I appreciate your logical concept about politics. You know, you're very, very good at what you're talking You're very logical, and I love logical thinkers. That's thank it. you. Right. Now, you see, my point, first of all, I feel bad for all the young men that lost their lives for this country, you know, around the world. And second of all,
11: Absolutely.
10: not having anything goes kind of government like Biden is uh, pretending uh, to be this and to be that. And anything anything goes kind of government does not work. Wherever you have people, you need law and order.
2: Absolutely. And by the way, Anthony, I agree with you. Law and order to me is 1,000% the most important issue. Obviously, that and the economy, they kind of go hand in hand in many ways. But that is key.
1: It's the Rita Cosby Show.
2: Well, another somber 9-11 remembrance is going to take place, of course, on this Sunday. And every time I think about 9-11, we all know sort of where we were. Many of us lost friends. I've talked about how I lost uh, Barbara Olson. I knew Barbara. She was on the plane that slammed into the Pentagon. Knew Barbara very well. Um, and so these... A moments hit so close to home. And I think about also the leadership. You know, I think there's so many memories there. Um I think about, you know, President George W. Bush standing there on the rubble, from ground zero saying, you know, they're all going to hear us soon, you know, and everybody cheering. And it was definitive. It was clear. And you knew that you had a president who meant business. And a lot of people have been talking in the last day or so as we are heading to now, Another nine eleven remembrance, it's 21 years, I can't believe it. It still feels like yesterday, I'm sure to many of you, as it does to me. Um, and I was covering so much of that and so many of the angles and just my heart broke for the world, you know, and especially for us here in New York. But also, of course, Shanksville and Washington and so many of these just heartbreaking scenes that still feel like as if it was yesterday. The wounds are still so fresh and so we heard from George Pataki, of course, uh, the former governor of New York. And he made a really powerful statement today. He was talking on the Cats uh, at Night show. And he said that he does not believe that this leadership, this current leadership, our current commander in chief, and this is where things get really serious, could handle something like what happened at 9-11 or a serious, serious threat. And it wasn't like a political statement. It was a personal reflection of somebody who was there firsthand. And a number of other people have echoed that. And this comes on the heels where we got a skyrocketing open border. It's like leaking like a sieve, which breaks my heart because that is a major national security threat. You think about all the issues that are happening because of Ukraine. Remember, the president first said, oh, a minor incursion. Come on in, Putin. Don't worry about it. It's a minor incursion. And so Putin went in. And so there's a lot of like, you know, bad folks out there that wish to do us harm. You got Iran. Uh, I mean, the list can go on and on and on. Uh, you know, Chinese are coming through the southern border too. They're bringing fentanyl. That's for sure. And so this is what Governor George Pataki had to say in terms of what he believes are the lack of abilities of Joe Biden should a crisis happen.
12: Well, you know what I'm worried about now? That I mean, you were there, Rudy was there, Rudy Washington was there. I mean, uh, Vallone was there. Uh, who do we have now that can make those kind of decisions?
13: Mm. Well, I don't even want to comment on oh, that. Oh, silence.
12: There's I mean,
7: silence in the room. <laughs> yeah.
13: Yeah. Th- the only thing I would say is that uh, of all the horror of September the 11th, the thing The positive that came out of it, to the extent there was any positive, was the sense of unity, that we were all Americans. We weren't Republicans, Democrats, black, white. We were all Americans. We were all Americans. Uh, We were uh, were attacked, and we were going to stand together. And you look at our leadership today, at a time when we should be trying to pull together— We have uh, demonizing half the American people as fascists uh, by our president, uh, deliberately looking to divide the people for political gain. This is just horrific. It's the absence of leadership.
2: It is the absence of leadership. And especially when you think about what's happening now in the world, it is more pivotal than ever to make sure that you have somebody who you believe has a vision and really is putting national security first. I've contended, I really do think it's a dereliction of duty, what I've seen going on at the southern border. The fact that our southern border is so wide open and they're not checking the criminal background of so many of the people there, to me, that is unbelievable. That, to me, is such a massive national and international security risk. It's outrageous. Well, last night here on the show, we talked to Rudy Giuliani, former New York City mayor, of course, during 9-11, and he also expressed just the unbelievable division that's in this country. And he doesn't think that America could kind of come together like it had right after nine eleven. Remember how the whole country was united because we were all one America. And all of America felt like we were under attack. This is what Rudy said to me last night.
10: I, I feel, I think I feel worse this September 11th. Uh, Not so much because of September 11, but because of I had thought that September 11, one of the great things about it was it brought us together as a nation and uh, showed how strong we are and how we can be together no matter what our differences are. And I'm now at a point where I don't know if September 11 happened again, if we could. The the divisions are fundamental now.
2: You know what? I actually agree with him in many regards. And I really do worry, could this president handle a crisis? He clearly hasn't been vetting people at the southern border, which is an enormous issue. And we heard about so many of these stories. There's so many things that are going on. You look at what's going on in Afghanistan. Remember, we just had the one-year anniversary not that long ago. And that is like a hornet's nest now. And there is so much Taliban and ISIS and ISIS-K and all these different groups that are there now reconstituted as a result of the fact that we don't have any troops there and and the abysmal pullout that we did. So the world is watching and they're saying, huh, you know what? That was really horrible. They left people behind. They're seeing, you know, a very sort of this approach with Ukraine. Granted, he's been you know, continuing to fund them. But he kind of opened the door when said, oh, a minor incursion. Remember that? I mean, there have been so many of these, like, major, massive foreign policy mistakes that I think a lot of people are looking at it and saying, this president's weak. This president is vulnerable. And that makes all of us vulnerable. And that's why it's sad. I want the best for our president. I want the best for this country. And this is how Rudy Giuliani described President Biden's recent behavior And including some of his divisive speech.
10: The divisions in 2001 were higher taxes, lower taxes. What do we do about schools? They weren't about should George Washington statue remain or should we uh, should we teach critical race theory in schools and teach that all white people are systemic racists, as uh, our president says. President says we're systemic racist, which which means that we're all race. I don't know if he knows what it means, but a, a sy- systemic problem is a problem that adheres in the entire organization. If I say that the New York City Police Department is systemically corrupt, as it was before the NAP Commission, I mean it is almost all corrupt. Uh, he, I mean, we have fundamental hatreds that are being uh and the last speech given by the president had to be the most frightening speech i've ever seen given by an american president it's the closest thing to a speech given by a dictator
2: closest thing to a speech given by a dictator and i agree with rudy giuliani i found it abysmal and so incredibly divisive and especially at a time where there are so many threats where we're thinking about it, of course, our vulnerabilities, uh, the also ability of terrorists who are reconstituting, as we we're talking about at 9-11, you know, and remember, we were worried about the guys overstaying their visas back then. Right now, they just walk through the southern border. It's like, come on in. Uh, to me, that is a really scary premise. And in the middle of it all, we've got a president who is definitely divider in chief. Take a listen. This is what Rudy was talking about.
4: We must be honest with each other. And with ourselves, too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Now, I want to be very clear, very clear up front. Not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. I know, because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. But there's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country.
2: That is a threat to this country. Like, they are not welcome in this country. They are not Americans, according to Joe Biden, which is outrageous. And by the way, on the heels of this, Kathy Griffin, you remember her, the comedian who held up Trump's head? Uh, It was that horrible, horrible thing. And then she got scolded for it and the whole to-do. Well, she clearly hasn't stopped because the stand-up comic threw herself into the fiery pits again of social media. She actually put out, I couldn't believe this. Uh, put out a comment this week on social media saying, if you don't want a civil war, vote for Democrats in November. If you do want civil war, vote Republican, according to Kathy Griffin, who now is getting slammed by a lot of people, appropriately so. But how disgusting and how outrageous from someone who was holding the president's head, remember? She really learned a lesson. That was outrageous. And now This kind of rhetoric from Joe Biden gives people like her and others license to just say, okay, so if you want a civil war, vote Republican. If you don't, vote Democrats. I think she forgot about the riots of 2020 where 593 riots took place across America and police stations burned and people died. I mean, the hypocrisy is unbelievable. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Let's go to Monty in Indiana. Monty, your thoughts about all this? Well, I would like to uh,
13: talk about Stan. I mean, anybody like him who... uh has so much willful ignorance to all the evil going on in the country. Like and the you, you're referring Stand to, you're
2: referring to our um, the former caller Stan, who called a little bit ago, who loves Biden, right. thinks Biden walks on water.
13: Right. Yeah. Joe the pedo, according to his son uh, Hunter, who is definitely a criminal, and all that evidence is sitting there. But of the gas prices, the inflation, everybody knows the election was stolen. And when you have people like Stan being willfully ignorant. It is supporting evil, and everybody's got to wake up to hey, we're in a fight against evil, and that's the way I see it.
2: What do you make, Monty, when you hear like people like Stan, who who thinks Joe Biden's a good guy, and you know, and and his mind orange man bad. You know, it's like everything, anything that's Trump related, guilty. It doesn't even matter. You know what they do, jaywalking, guilty. You know, um, and then you've got this, you've got Kathy Griffin, this comedian who actually has the audacity and you know she's got a lot of followers if you don't want a civil war vote for democrats in november you know i mean are you kidding me like like and everything with them is january 6 january 6 january 6 what's going to be interesting monty is they're supposed to start with some of these january 6 hearings coming up again so uh, like what a surprise it's closer and closer to the midterm election days november 8th is close gosh let's push it as close as we can because everything that they talk about is what they feel was over the top on January 6 but they never condemn the violence of the summer of 2020 they never condemn it like that's okay you know that that's that's good violence cuz it believe it's their philosophy and they never condemn black lives matter as we were just talking about you know here's the guy being called into question by his own supporters actually who are filing suit against him cuz they're saying we got ripped off um, but yet they never condemn those people. They never sit and condemn a lot of these repeat offenders that are over and over and over again. And yet, if you know, if you uh, sneeze near the Capitol on January 6th, you deserve basically the death penalty. The, it, like it is so disproportionate. What are your thoughts, Monty, about just the double standard that is so blaring?
13: Well, it's it's the same. What Joe the pedo said, and also Stalin. It's not who votes, but who counts the votes. And if we sit here and have uh, a not my president, Joe Biden, who is uh, willing to say things like that, these people are communists. And if anybody is not creeped out by the way, he will interrupt his speech and say, hey, baby, how old are you? To some little girl. I mean, this guy is a creep.
2: Well, and you know what, you know what, you know what, it's interesting, Monty, um, aside from some of the creepy comments, um, you know, the fact that this side of him that we saw and and Joe Biden has always had a bit of a nasty streak. I've known Joe Biden since the 90s, right? But he's always had this kind of like feisty spirited kind of a, a quippy, if you will, but a little bit of a nasty edge, you know, a fighter. But I really saw just a really... Viscerally nasty man who would just do nothing, stop at nothing to keep power, you know, and that's, and that to me is a scary thing. When you're president of the United States, there's something and he called it a national address. That's the thing that's amazing. An address about unity. I, I mean, if that's unity, God help us what division is, you know, what is it going to be? The devil and fire coming out of his mouth? Cause it was almost, you know, one step uh, short of that. Ah, uh, Monty, thanks so much. We're going to continue you with your calls, everybody. After the break, one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Do you feel comfortable with our now Commander in Chief Joe Biden, given all the threats that are taking place around the world as we're heading, of course, to a somber nine eleven remembrance? And what do you make of his incredibly disgusting, divisive rhetoric? Put that with. The way, you know, George Bush handled things after 9-11. Let's come together, America. Let's stand together. Uh Boy, what a contrast. 1-800-848-9222.
1: It's the Rita Cosby Show.
2: A little bit of Stray Cats. What about the Stray Cats strut, right? (laughs) Anyway, you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. I love this one, too. It's fun. On a Friday night. But, boy, Republicans are saying that when they hear Joe Biden blasting MAGA, and he's continuing to do it, you know, he's going to do it all the way up until midterms, at least. So expect it for the next two months. It's going to be MAGA, 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 MAGA bad. Uh, Sean Duffy says Joe Biden needs to look in the mirror at his own party.
4: When Biden's talking about extreme ideology, he can't help but look at the Democrat Party today and say, listen, they're attacking the Second Amendment. They're attacking the First Amendment and freedom of speech. With They have open borders. They're uh, they're trying to transition kids, sterilize you know kids under 18. Um, they're advocates of partial birth abortion. They're promoting socialism. Those are the extreme sides of the Democrat Party. Where you, if you look at Republicans... They're, again, talking about the issues that they've talked about since the 1980s. Lower taxes, less regulation, a secure border, a
1: strong military.
2: Yeah, look in the mirror, guys. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Bob, line two in Yonkers. Bob, your thoughts.
6: Good evening, Rita. Um, You know, I thought the first responsibility of a president of the United States to protect the American people from harm, this guy has failed. He should be charged with treason.
2: Well, I've said, and I rarely use this phrase, but I, you know, I I do feel in this case, the way that they have just had open borders and the fact he hasn't even visited the border, Bob, is shameful. You know, he's sitting there spending all his time bashing MAGA. If he had spent, you know, 1% of that time going to the border and addressing it, and he thinks we're stupid, like, oh, no, the border is secure, trust me. Oh, I never said defund the police. My party never said that. Trust me. It's like we got the videotape. um, so, yeah, I agree with you. It is outrageous, and I think he's actually worried about that, and Republicans not only have suggested maybe something with him, they've also talked about uh Majorcus, the good old uh, homeland security secretary who doesn't who's you know, oh yeah, the border's secure. you know that guy that's the one who accused remember the guys at the border of whipping. The, uh, the, uh, the agents who were accused of whipping the migrants, the Haitians, and it turned out not to be true, and he never even apologized to them. So, you know, there's a lot of questions here, and that's why he is clinging to power any way he can. Let's go to Norm. Line three, Norm, your thoughts.
5: Yeah, hi, Rita. Yeah, I mean, this administration and the Democrats in general thrive on cruelty, um, division and cruelty. Um, today I spent the day in City Hall, with my friends, the firefighters, the cops, the city workers, and the teachers unfairly fired by a Democratic administration over the vaccine mandates, I saw many of my friends and some of the Marines who were in the fire department literally crying, oh. or at that point over over uh, having to make a choice, and the choice is that they're not working and. Um, These Democrats, they, I, I, you know, I don't know, with them, might makes right. And uh, I don't know if anything was accomplished. I do appreciate that Gail Brewer and the city council had us in. But uh, I don't see anything, I don't know, I don't see anything accomplished.
2: No, Um, I agree. And you know what, they're spending so much time focusing on the, whether to allow or not allow. And look at the science now too. You know, I mean, herd immunity. I mean, there's so many different things that the fact that they're still continuing with this to me is really stunning. I mean, it really is. It, it's stunning and especially great people like the ones you talked about who have done so much to serve our communities and our country. Norm, thank you very much. We're going to continue after the break.
1: It's the Rita Cosby show. Show presents Support Our Heroes.
2: And in tonight's Support Our Hero segment here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great military and their families, a beautiful tribute coming from Clanton, Alabama, where veterans Gordon Snelly, also George Walker Jr., and Herschel Smith were honored in receiving the Quilts of Valor during a special inaugural ceremony that took place on September 8th. Now, the person who led the Quilts of Valor presentation said, we consider it a privilege to honor all of you. Though we may never know the extent of your service and service to protect and defend the United States of America, as an expression of our gratitude, we award you this Quilt of Valor. Now, the first person who was honored at the ceremony was veteran George Walker, who has 41 years of military service spanning from the years of the Korean conflict to the fall of the Berlin Wall. George Walker, now 91 years old, served as an officer in the U.S. Marine Corps from 1950 to 56, achieving the rank of captain, and then he served in the U.S. Army National Guard while he was principal at a local high school. And how beautiful to see all of these men, all of these heroes honored with a beautiful quilt and a message of appreciation from America for their great service. I love doing this every night here on the show because it's so important to appreciate that we have heroes among us here in our country and to say thank you to all of them. Well, this guy, as you mentioned, as I was just saying, George Walker uh, was a principal at a local high school. And I just did a brand-new podcast. It is called Protecting America, a new episode of it. And this was so powerful and so emotional. It will also get you so angry because you find out what happened and so many of the fatal flaws that happened with security – on the day of one of the most famous school shootings. All of us, of course, remember Parkland, Florida. And the person that I interviewed for this podcast, we just put it up actually just a couple hours ago. You can go to at Rita Cosby on Twitter. You can also go wherever you download your podcast. Make sure you go there and download this podcast of Protecting America. It's Andrew Pollock is the person I interviewed. And he talked about what parents and what everybody can really do to try to stay safe. And especially when they send their child to school, it was eye-opening. It was gut-wrenching. Uh, Andrew Pollock, whose daughter Meadow, was among 17 people killed when a gunman opened fire at her high school, Marjory Stoneman Douglas High School, in 2018 in Parkland, Florida. And listen to how the system really failed his daughter and so many others. Here's a little bit of an excerpt from our conversation. My heart breaks every time I think of Meadow. I can't even imagine what it is like for you as a father of this beautiful courageous girl. Can you tell us, Andrew, because you have become such a powerful voice for protecting so many other school kids now? Tell us about what happened that day if you could.
14: Oh, there was just so many red flags leading up to that day with the shooter. I never mentioned his name. His trials going on now. I really don't pay much attention to it. But that day, there were so many failures that I could tell your audience. One, the first failure that comes to my mind is, if you could believe it, I don't know, a lot of people don't believe this, but an Uber driver, he called Uber the shooter, and Uber picked him up with a rifle bag, not a duffel bag, a regular Cabela's rifle bag with an AR in it, and drove him right to the school and dropped him off. And she didn't have a problem with it. You know, that was number one that went against my daughter and her luck that day. And then he proceeded to walk through an open gate at the school where protocol after Sandy Hook is a single point of entry. And no gate should ever be unmanned or left open for people to walk through. So, you know, there's just so many things that parents need to focus and look at. You can't just drop your child off out of school and think they're going to be safe and that it can't happen to you. Because if you ask any parent that child was murdered in a school, they all of them will say they thought it couldn't happen. It happened recently in Uvalde, another open door. You know, these things are avoidable, Rita.
2: These things are avoidable. And I want to play the other clip, too, about him, because listen to what else he says, happened. Uh, This is another clip where he says, basically, the laws just do not work. Take a listen. Are you obviously pushing very much for national standards? Because that seems like such a common sense, approachable item.
14: Sure. You know what the problem is when it comes to school safety, Rita, is a lot of people on the left, as soon as there's any type of shooting, all they want to do is focus on the weapon that the shooter used. And When you do something like that, it really distracts from really finding out what really happened that led up to the shooting and where the failures were. You know, when you just focus on one thing, it's easy to just point the finger at the gun when there is a shooting. But how about look at the underlying issues that led up to it so you could actually make changes in society? You know, how many threats do these people make? that they don't get arrested. You know, it's a crime when you threaten to shoot a school or when you threaten to shoot people and they don't get arrested. It's a big problem. My daughter's murderer in Florida, the police were at his house 45 times. He was never arrested. He punched his mother's teeth out. He threatened to rape a student, kill a student, shoot up the school, trespass at the school, never was arrested, okay? And when you look at a lot of these shootings that go on, In the country, a lot of these kids or even not even kids, older, young men, they've had issues going back. You know, they have records. But if you don't enforce the laws that are in place that prevent people, violent, mentally ill people from buying guns, no laws work. You know, the laws are in place to protect us. But when these individuals don't get arrested and have a background, the laws don't work.
2: Absolutely. And that's why, despite all of the rhetoric that we're hearing from President Biden, I think so much of it and from other Democrats is a major deflection from what is the reality that crime is skyrocketing across this country. New York City overall crime up 26 percent. Many other major cities facing the same kind of number. This is catastrophic. And yet they're not really talking about it. They're talking about President Trump. That's what they want us to be talking about is President Trump and MAGA as opposed to crime, economy, so many other things. And speaking of national security and major security issues, what about what's going on in the border? You know, in the last few days, we've had even more liberal politicians complaining that the migrants are getting shipped to their town. Like, oh, gosh, we're dealing with a few hundred or a few thousand Wake up to what they are dealing with every single day on the border, whether you're in Texas or Arizona. And this is the message that Congressman Brian Babbin, Republican, had to say about the Democrats who are complaining, even though they say they're a sanctuary city. But when they come to their town, they don't like it.
12: I think whatever can get under the skin of these uh, of these left-wing woke mayors up there works works just fine because – uh, instead of, uh, you know, bad-mouthing our governor down here, they need to get on the telephone and call their, their president and say, hey, Mr. President, start doing your job, because the illegals that are being shipped up to our towns and cities in Chicago, New York, and, uh, and, and Washington, D.C., these are coming in because of your policies. That is not because of, of, of uh, Governor Abbott's uh, policies. It is because of what's happening at our border. It's an invasion, an absolute invasion and national security. It, excuse me. Border security is national security. And this Biden administration is a disgrace. They are not protecting Americans or their lives. And it is, it is really, I think, one of the more dangerous things I've ever seen happening on a national uh, security scale.
2: One thousand percent. You don't feel safe walking outside your home and you definitely don't feel safe because we don't know what's crossing our southern border. And also, Congressman Babin just repeated some of these really stunning numbers of how much deadly fentanyl has come through. And also those who are on the terrorist watch list. Take a listen.
12: We've had over one hundred and fifty thousand a month come in for the last 17 months We've 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 seized over five tons tons, that's over ten thousand pounds of fentanyl, uh, which has killed over a hundred thousand Americans every single year in the last couple of years. Uh, we've had we've had sixty six terrorists on the terrorist watch list that have been been nabbed. Four million have crossed the border there. So it's just it's incredible what is happening and the danger
2: that they are placing uh, the American citizens in. And. If you try to bring it up, or if you ship them to a different city outside of Texas, like some of the buses that have been coming from El Paso going into the windy city of Chicago, well, Mayor Lori Lightfoot there, who doesn't kind of go after the crime, doesn't condemn the open border, no, no, no. She calls basically Governor Abbott immoral and this other word. Take a listen. Governor Abbott's racist and xenophobic practices of expulsion have only amplified the challenges many of these migrants have experienced on their journey to find a safe place. The governor's actions are not just inhumane. They are unpatriotic. This cannot be who we are as Americans. We have to stand for a different and better set of principles. If we are going to be a leader in the world, on the international stage, but even here at home, we must reject these policies and practices and say, as Americans, we must do better. I don't understand. I thought you were a sanctuary city and you welcome everybody. And then when they come to your city, you call the person who sent them there racist and immoral and xenophobic. You should say thank you. This is exactly what I've been talking about. We welcome everybody. Bring them more. You know? But yet they are not condemning the president. It, it, to me, is just so disgusting in terms of politics and the smears and the way that they are saying basically racist, 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 or you don't deserve to be in America, as Joe Biden is saying. And yet they are not addressing. They're not coming back and saying, gosh, well, maybe we should close that border after all, because look at these numbers that Congressman Babin was just repeating. I mean, that's stunning and not saying You know, well, maybe we need to clamp down on criminals. I mean, how bad is it that this guy, Andrew Pollock? think about what a courageous father, loses his daughter and he finds out that the guy who opened fire on the school where she was killed, the police went to the house 45 times, never arrested him. I mean, it's like this sort of it's what is Alvin Bragg live in that town? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to George in Oceanside. Go ahead, George, your thoughts.
11: Hi, hey, Rita. My thoughts are, uh, you know, people like Stan, for example. I've been hearing him all summer long. I can't stand this guy already. He's falling right into this trap where if you look at what really happened in Germany, it wasn't the Germans against the Jews. It was non-German, uh, non-Jewish german non Germans against Jewish Germans. Look at those ones over there. You're okay, but it's those, those, that little group over there that they're a threat to this country. They're not loyal to this country. They're loyal to their rabbis only. They're, they're leaders. They're not, they have no loyalty to Germany. And the non-Jewish Germans went along with this. They eventually just kept went along with the whole, and our stands going along with the whole thing. It's not all Republicans; it's just those MAGA Republicans over there. So it's really the same thing. I mean, you could just exchange the word Jew for MAGA, and you've got Adolf Hitler right in the Oval Office.
2: Well, and I I, and I will tell you, you know, I don't I don't like to compare anybody to Hitler because he was so disgusting, obviously. But I did find Biden's speech just so. Unbelievably authoritarian and nasty. I won't, I won't compare him to Hitler because that's, that's, that is still a leap. Uh, but it sure sounded, uh, the vitriol was just shameful and it it did tinge on like you're either with us or you're not a part of us. And, and that to me was just disgusting. I mean, to me, I felt, I felt like I wanted to take a shower after his speech because it was just so dirty and so disgusting. George, go ahead, George.
11: So it's a little scary too. When you got the DOJ on your side, you got the media on your side, you got Hollywood on your side, everybody, late night shows are on your side, everybody
2: mocking people that backed Donald Trump. But guess, but, but guess what, George? You, that's but George? Scary. But George? When you look at that, yeah, that's true. You're right. There is a lot of uh, you know team and and uh, power there. If you think about all the different levels. And they're clearly, you know, anybody tied to Trump, you know, it's like if you say the name Trump, uh, you're basically arrested, it seems these days, you know. But separate than that, um, you also look at what happened. President Trump did a rally recently, and I think he's going to be doing a rally almost every week. He's talked about basically leading up to the midterms to help these other candidates that he's endorsing. Um So he's doing one in Ohio, I think not this weekend, but next weekend, right? But the one that took place like a week ago, but they were packed. They were packed, George. So there's still a lot of people, you know, that that clearly are. I think it's emboldening people who believe in Make America Great Again because they're saying, God, we got to get out to the polls because this guy really is dangerous, this Joe Biden. Well, it's emboldening me and a lot of people that I know. So stick
11: that in your pipe and smoke it, Stan. Thank you very much, Rita. Have a great night. I love you.
2: Thank you. Love you, too, George. Thank you very much. And everybody, we're going to continue with your calls after the break. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita
1: Cosby Show.
2: You are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. We are talking about the division here in America, and especially as we are heading to another 9-11 remembrance. Um, It's so important to remember that we are all Americans, but Joe Biden clearly made a major distinction, and he continues to do that. Either you're MAGA or you're an American, basically, is what he said. And he basically, he did come out and say that if you're MAGA, guess what? You are a, quote, threat to the republic. And that kind of rhetoric, I think, is just so detrimental because guess what? Overseas, they see it too. And they kind of go, what's going on in the United States? They're like all over the place. What's going on with this president? He doesn't like these people. They see it as weakness. When America is not strong and bonded together, they see it as vulnerability and that's not a good thing as we're heading to another nine eleven remembrance this sunday 1-800-848-9222 one 848 by the way i was just looking at the list too of uh, the names uh that both the trump and also the biden team the doj submitted uh for special masters and it's interesting because they're going to review it uh, Trump has now, we just heard in the last few minutes, has till Monday, his team to reply to the DOJ wanting a stay on everything so they can keep looking at the documents. I don't think they should. I like the idea of a special master, a fair, impartial, impartial party. Uh, but one of the people on the list, it's interesting, on the DOJ side is someone who's been a special master before. And then one of the people that the Trump team submitted is somebody who has clearly national intelligence clearance. So it's interesting. So let's see where it goes. But we may know as early as Monday if indeed the brakes have to be put on on the investigation or if it continues because the DOJ is fighting this tooth and nail. And that just makes me wonder, why are they so desperate to try to not have a third party engaged? It just begs the question. It's like everything again is like, well, you know, if it's Donald Trump, we can handle it. We can do this. They want to take control of it. And we've clearly seen a lot of politics involved of late. And with this rhetoric that we've seen from this president, I think all of these things just make it imperative that a third party, an independent party, looks at everything. One 9222 One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Anthony in Virginia, line four. Anthony, your thoughts about where things are headed.
13: Well, uh for one thing I would never spit in Bob's direction. Um I think our country is heading in a very, very sad way. I love this country, and I think we should all come together as one. But we got Biden wants to divide us because, you know, I don't know. He he thinks that you know, oh, just because you voted for Trump, you're a bad person. You're an evil person. You're angry all the time. You're you're a terrorist of the state, which of the of the federal government and stuff. I think it's, I think it's just sad. I think it really is sad. I, I just. All these other countries that the countries they don't like us are laughing at us. Uh, this is not the America I grew up in or learned about. I think it's really sad.
2: You know, and, Anthony, that's Anthony. you hit the point that I also think of, like, how does that perceived, you know, from countries around the world? You know, if I'm Iran, first of all, they feel like this president's a pushover for the most part. That's why he was begging to try to get back in the Iran deal, the nuclear deal. Uh, but they're saying, God, you can't take care of everything. Look. Look how divided they are, you know, and if the president is so focused on MAGA, MAGA, MAGA and not worried about the border or, you know, or folks tied to Iran or other issues that are out there, it just makes us look so vulnerable. And you're right. They are laughing. And that makes me so sad uh, because America, I still believe in the country, America is a beacon in the hill. We're still the best of the best. We're definitely not perfect by any means, uh, but we're still, I think, the best damn country out there. And, and yet you see a president who's just waffling all over the place and what a contrast it is from the prior one who was so clear and so concise. Uh, you know, it, it is such a stark contrast and that leadership style, I do think is weakening us overseas. And that also really saddens me. Let's go to Denise, line two. Denise, your thoughts.
9: Rita, hi. Always a pleasure to speak with you. You too. First of all, first of all, Biden's speech, how dare he insult 70-some million people as magna people being a threat to this country? That's dangerous. That's a dangerous statement right there. If the, purchase, the purpose excuse me, of Biden's deplorable speech was to be transparent about his agenda to further divide this country, he succeeded. If his agenda was to highlight his complete failure to be respected on any level of accomplishment— beginning with day one, domestic and foreign policy, he succeeded. If he wanted to highlight the accomplishments and vision of the last administration, he succeeded. If he and his corrupt administration has fueled the fire for an all-out confrontation on any level, in order for us to save our country, then my response to that other person who said, get ready for a civil war.
2: Oh, yeah. A comedian. Yeah.
9: Yeah. My suggestion is don't threaten. You may be surprised by the response and the outcome.
2: And listen, Denise, obviously we want to you know, have everybody safe. We want things, people to get along. Um, but I think he's trying to gin up problems, too. I think he's hoping he wants like another, you know, a group of folks to to uh, storm a capital or do whatever so we can say, hey, see, I told you, I told you. And that is a very, very scary place to be. And I think it's dangerous. I think the president has to be the president of all people. And I'm going to be thinking about that a lot on September 11th.